0: Um, Today, uh, the guest is me Um, and I have promised to do this for a while and I've not sort of got around to it. So uh, yeah, so it's just basically just going to be me talking about me. Uh, how I got into tabbing and uh, I know I've alluded to the story a couple of times about what, where that came from but I thought tonight would be a or today depending on how you listen to it will be a good time to to go into that I was supposed to be recording the podcast tonight but I've had to delay it till tomorrow night because the, the person's a little bit busy and uh, I'm really excited about the interview so I'm up here anyway my wife's downstairs doing some sort of music class via zoom so I might as well uh, I might as well um, uh, just do this podcast so um, yeah so me getting into tabbing and um, It probably started, I'll I'll go back a little bit further, I I was always, once I came out of the Air Force, because when I was in the Air Force, I absolutely hated uh, the fitness side of things, but when I came out, um, did nothing for a few years apart from work, uh, all the usual jobs that that us guys do when we come out of the forces, so security, driving, all sorts of things like that, Uh, and it was probably uh, around about five years ago. i started to get back into my fitness and um, i got back on a bike after many years of not doing that and did um, many different events all the sportives that that you do on a bike um, and also did my own thing as well and i'd signed up for the coast to coast in a day well tried to sign up for the coast to coast in a day on a bike and uh, it was just sold out couldn't do it desperate to do it so i thought sod it i'm just going to do it on my own so i went and did got the train up to, to Carlisle across the Whitehaven with my bike and then decided I was going to cycle from Whitehaven right over the other side to Wall's End, over to the East Coast and, and do that. So uh, yeah that was probably the first big challenge event I did and that was probably about five years ago. Really enjoyed that uh, and decided that obviously just your normal sort of cycling around the, the lanes wasn't for me and I needed to do endurance style events. So um, yeah did a few more sportives and then About three and a half years ago, I decided I was going to have another crack at the coast to coast. But this time I was just going to go from Carlisle, follow the route to Hadrian's Wall, end up in Newcastle, finish. That was it. Just a cycle at the Hadrian's Wall route rather than do the full coast to coast. So I cut the train up to Carlisle, um, jumped off the train there, rode my bike down to the hotel at Buck for the Night, which happens to be the Eddie Stobart Hotel. Um, which, if you've never stayed in the Eddie Stobart Hotel in Carlisle, um, if you think probably the worst barracks that you've ever actually stayed in and then make it ten times worse, it, it's like that. It's <laughs> not somewhere that you really want to spend an, a romantic night with your wife if, if you were going to go away, but it was all right for for um, for the night before the shine. So stayed there uh, next day. Started off on what was like a really sort of wet and, and murky day um, with all my kit on My bike and, and off I went. I had a really good day by sort of 10 o'clock. The murk had gone and the sun was battering down, it was really, really hot. So we was cycling over the top. And if you've never done the Hadrian's Wall route, you sort of go out from Carlisle on a really flat bit and then you climb up towards Hadrian's Wall uh, and then you basically cycle along on the top until you drop down into Hexham and then it's fairly flat again into um, back into to Newcastle. So it's, it's a fairly, it's a fairly easiest sort of route if you want to do a challenge so I did that but yeah it was it was a really really hot day that day um, and I uh, was probably getting a little bit dehydrated along the way but I was topping up in the fluids and felt absolutely fine really uh, I think I did it in about six hours from um, Newcastle to uh, from Carlisle to Newcastle so it was good checked into my hotel there got my bike into the hotel and about half an hour's kip and I thought right I'm going to go out now I'm going to nip down to Weatherspoons uh, on the front there, on the quay in Newcastle. I'm going to have something to eat. Uh, I'm going to come back get my head down, jump the train home the next day. So went down there again it was a really nice sunny night so I had something to eat in Weatherspoons, add a pint, add another pint, add a few more pints um, and yeah probably probably had a bit of a skinful really before I went back to the hotel. And I remember going back to the hotel that night and it just seemed really really hot in the hotel um, like, like sweating and it wasn't although it was a sunny night it wasn't that warm but I was absolutely burning up in that hotel that night so yeah so next morning I get up um, not feeling too great really but just just hangover not great and and just just feeling hot and jumped on the train got the train home three hour journey from Newcastle on the train um, back home and yeah that was it really Um, it's not feeling good but you know I I just cycled a hundred odd mile and yeah I had a skin full of ale so why am I going to feel that great home um, the next day, um, and then went to bed that night, woke up in the morning with what just felt like the worst flu I've ever had, it, it was just absolutely shocking, so um, just didn't feel great all that weekend, I phoned in sick for work on the Monday, um, and, and, and just stayed off, and I don't really get ill, so it, you know it, was, it, it just felt really, really, really bad. So all that week, again, I was off work. just Just couldn't go back in, and it just gradually got worse and worse through that week. Um, towards the end of the week, beginning of next week, I, I can't really remember because I got a little bit better halfway through, and then just started to feel worse again. And um, I got to a point really where I was up all night. I had pains in my back. Um, I could hardly breathe. I was coughing. Um, and it, it, I just can't describe it. I'd never felt that ill in my life to the point where um, I think it was about after a week, and I was just going further and further down. And my wife just said, "Right, you, you go into A and E because you just couldn't get a appointment to the doctors." Straight into A and E, got there, I was examined by a doctor. I was taken into the back, and the doctor was basically telling me, "Look, you, you've, you've got pneumonia. Um, you, you're really ill. Stay where you are." And I'd never thought to get to that point, but I was at that point in that bed where I wanted either one or two things to happen. I wanted to either just get better, or I wanted to just die because it was just that bad. That I wouldn't have. If, if, I, I just didn't care which one of them it was, but I just needed what I was feeling to stop at that time. So I was admitted to the hospital that night. Went upstairs, pumping me full of antibiotics and um, doing everything he could. Um, wife went home, and again, I, I was just was not feeling any better even the next day. You know, the doctors were saying, you know, you had a, a fair whack of antibiotics there and, and pain relief, and you, you should be feeling better. I just wasn't, wasn't feeling better at all. <laughs> so it was about two or three days later, I was lying on the hospital bed. Again, could hardly breathe. felt really, really bad. The um, doctor came and examined me. said he was going to change the antibiotics, give me something a little bit stronger. Um, you know, what they were already giving me was industrial strength. And there was a nurse there, and I do not remember her name. I can remember her face to this day. Um, because this should probably save my life, and um, and as the doctor walked away, I just coughed and there was a little bit of blood on the on the tissue where I coughed, and she just said, "Do you do, you do a lot of exercise?" So well, I, I do a bit, and to me, you know, but once you've once you've sort of built up to a level where you do an endurance event, you don't feel as if you're doing. It's just normal to you, isn't it? I was like, do a bit," and she was like, "Look, well, I'm I'm going to get you down for a, a CT scan because something else going on here," and she um. You know, with, without the the doctor being there just booked me in for the CT scan and I was down there within half an hour having a CT scan had it wheeled back up to my bed um, and I was in the bed in the hospital and um, I just needed to go to the toilet and I was trying to get out of bed to get into this wheelchair or whatever to go to the toilet and this nurse and this doctor appeared and said stay where you are you're going nowhere and I was like look I just need to go to the toilet and the doctor was just really blunt and said look you shouldn't even be alive get back into bed now it turned out at that point that I had in the region of 20 blood clots in my heart and lungs um, didn't know where they come from didn't know how they got there and um, the theory was that maybe they'd started as, as deep vein thrombosis in my legs um, but you know and on top of that I had pneumonia um, the first symptom of these blood clots or pulmonary embolisms as they call them is usually death is what the doctor told me. Um, So it was in a pretty serious state there. So I was basically told to stay in bed. They would get me on blood thinners, um, pump them into me uh, and basically just don't move. Uh, And that was it. So I ended up being in hospital for probably about two, two or three weeks. Um, And just when I thought I was getting better and I was gonna get discharged, I'd get worse again, I'd have the chest pains, uh, I'd have the pains in my back. pain just like I've, I've never felt before um but eventually came to the point say two or three weeks later again a lot of love, it was just a blur because i was off my head on not only the the, the, the antibiotics but i was on morphine at the time um and zapane as many as you could stick down the neck i was on to try and make me feel better but it comes to the point where they're going to discharge me um as the doctor discharged me that day um i basically said to him look you know oh, what, what's the sort of prognosis here? What's going to happen? I'm I going to run again. I'm not going to cycle again. I'm going to do what all the things. And he basically just said to me, he said, look, you, you're going to have significant lung damage. The, the x-rays show that you've already got significant scarring in your lungs. You need to find a new normal. You, you're not going to run. Um, you're not going to cycle long distances again. You, you need to find something a little bit less taxing. Um, and I left hospital that day probably feeling the most down I'd ever felt in my life because um, even though I was getting better I felt that my life was over because I just couldn't get out on the bike anymore, I couldn't do I couldn't do the things I wanted to do so um, I went home um, and I was signed off work for, for a month um, I can remember one day uh, I was sat on the sofa, uh, I'd been on eBay or something and I bought myself some sort of games console and thought well, <laughs> this is it, this is what I'm going to do for the rest of my life and I played on that for an hour, and thought, "This is what I'm going to do for the rest of my life." Um, my wife had gone back to work, and I needed coffee mate. Believe it or not, remember, I needed coffee mate for my coffee. Um, so I thought, "I'll just walk around to Tesco's." Tesco's from my house is probably about two hundred and fifty yards. I walked out the house. I got out the front door. Um, I got ten yards, and I wasn't sure if I was going to make it back to the house because I couldn't breathe. Um, I just had no breath in my body to do that and I thought I just need to turn on and go home because I'm not going to make it to Tesco's so I went back home and again just felt in the depths of, of despair really and it seemed to confirm what the doctor had told me as regards me not being able to do the things that I'd done before so again it was just TV it was a bit of reading and um, that's pretty much all I could do um, I started to walk more and more going out with my wife, we were walking the dogs um, I remember walking a mile one day and thinking, wow, you know, I've actually got out and I've actually walked a mile, um, which was around the local woods, uh, eastern woods, um, around where I live. Um, but I came home that day, uh, my wife was going to work again the next day, and I thought, I've, I've walked a mile there, um, and from where I was sort of two weeks ago, where I couldn't go and get my coffee made from Tesco's, that's pretty good going. So I thought, I'm going to try and do another mile today. So instead of just going out in my, my normal gear, I thought I'll put running stuff on. I'm going to put running stuff on and we are going to do a mile. So I went out um, and I started walking and probably about a quarter of a mile and I thought, I'm going to try and walk a bit faster. So I walked a bit faster and I think during that mile, I probably did two stints of a steady jog for probably about 30 seconds to a minute as I did that. I got back home, I can remember that run till this day and it is the best run that I've ever had in my life because that seemed to open the door for me then to take things further and I thought I can run (laughs) it's not something I've ever been really good at before but I can actually go out there and do some running and if I've built up from not being able to walk 10 yards to walking a mile to doing a mile to doing a mile and doing a bit of a jog in it then maybe I can do a bit more So I found the Couch to 5K app on my phone and I decided that once I could probably um, go out and do half and half walking and running and then graduate onto the Couch to 5K app, which I did. I religiously followed that Couch to 5K app. If there was a rest day, I took a rest day. If it told me to walk, I walked. If it told me to run, I run. I just followed it and I thought, if I follow this religiously, then hopefully I will get somewhere. I followed the Council 5K plan, and I ran 5K in the end. And once I'd run that 5K, I knew that what I was gonna do next was to prove the doctor's wrong, beyond all reasonable doubt, that I could do endurance events like I did before, but unlike before where I'd been on the bike, I'd now found this love of running. And I think I'd found the love of running because running was the thing that basically got me back into fitness and I felt it had it, given me my, my life back again. So I started looking for events and I thought, what can I do? So the first event I found, this was probably, this was about the November, yeah, this would have been sort of October, November, November by the time we'd run the first 5K. So I'll look for the uh, half marathon in sort of January, February term I found the Blackpool half marathon. I thought, it's on the prom, it's going to be flat, perfect, I'm going to do this. And I had done a half marathon before, I'd done the um, the Anglesey half um, a couple of years before because I wanted to do a half marathon and it nearly killed me. Um, and I think it was about two hours, 45 minutes that I came in on that marathon. Um, because I didn't really do any training for it. I'd been cycling and I thought, well, you know, I've got a level of fitness, I can probably complete a half marathon, It's something to take off the bucket list. So I'd done that. So yeah, it was about two hours, 45 minutes, I think, was my first half marathon in Anglesey and I'd been two years before. So I signed up for the Blackpool Half Marathon. Um, the day came, I'd trained for it. I hadn't run a half marathon distance. The most I'd done was about a, a nine or 10 miles, something like that. Um, my wife took me up, we drove to Blackpool, dropped me off. I started off, I was working for Aldi at the time and they just got the Teenage Cancer Trust as their charity. And I thought, well, I'm gonna raise some money for Teenage Cancer Trust and, and just do this half marathon. I did that half marathon. It was flat, but obviously I'd forgotten the fact that it gets a bit windy as well, maybe on the coast. So I did that and I came in at one hour and 50 on that half marathon. Um, And I think I had a cold as well out there, I'd had a cold, but I thought nothing is gonna stop me from from doing this. And I went out and I did that half marathon. And I thought that that is it. I can pretty much do anything that I wanna do. So I need to just crack on and find a new challenge. And obviously the the next step step up for me from the half marathon was going to be the uh, doing a full marathon. So the Manchester Marathon is in April, get my name down for that, sign that. It's double what I've just done. I can take my time, I can complete it, I can do it. I know I'm gonna do it. Um, I've got the, the mental capacity to do that now. I've got the physical capacity to do that. Uh, so I'm gonna sign up for it. So I signed up for the, the Manchester Marathon, again for the Teenage Cancer Trust at the time to raise a bit of cash. Um, and in the meantime, I was looking for other events. I thought, what can I do after this? And I can't even remember how it came up because I'd never even it had never even crossed my mind that, that there was military style endurance events or that you could stick a pack on your back and, and and do some sort of event like that. And I think I was just looking for for races and uh, the fan dance race came up avalanche yeah. endurance events fan dance race it, it just came up on on um, Facebook I think and I'd been fascinated with sort of the Brecon Beacons and and the the, the test marches since since I was a kid I remember watching. Uh, the documentary The Paris uh, with my dad. I remember seeing them jumping across, uh, tabbing, jumping tabbing across the Brecon beacons. And i thinking, wow, these guys are superhuman. So when I saw this event come up, the fan dance, I thought I need to, uh, I need to just sign up for it. So I signed up for the fan dance, which would have been in the July of that year. Um, um, so after the marathon they had done and bought all the kit, I thought, right, I'm, I'm gonna do this. I remember going into work and saying to the guys, yeah, I've, I've got another event, I'm doing one of the SES test marches. And um, I think they all just thought I was absolutely bonkers for doing that. So the time of the Manchester Marathon came around, I went out, I completed that. Um, it was four and a half hours. Uh, happy with that time. I was happy just to complete yeah. it. I knew that at that point, um, I could pretty much do anything that, that I wanted to do. Um, again, it had improved my mental state, it had improved my physical state to know I could do that. Uh, A week after I'd finished the Manchester Marathon, I went for a checkup with my consultants who had been looking after me in hospital. um, And I was going for a lung x-ray. So he um, sent me down for this lung x-ray and then I sat down with him in his office. And he showed me the lung x-rays that they'd taken the year before. And my right lung was pretty much all just in shadow. Um, and he said this was the scarring this is the scarring that I told you um, you're never going to get rid of um, this is the damage to your lungs that I told you that, that it, that it just, just doesn't heal it just doesn't get any better um, and he asked me at that point have you been doing any exercise and I said to him well yeah I've just completed the Manchester Marathon and he's like right and then he produced the x-rays um, that had just been taken and although there was still shading on there it was vastly reduced Um, and he said you know this is testament to to the exercise that you've done he said you know increase blood flow into your lungs it is going to improve that we can't tell our patients when they come out of hospital to go and run a marathon um, but whatever you're doing carry on doing it and then he says which marathon did you do again I said the Manchester Uh, and it turned out that the consultant had also done the Manchester marathon um, on the same day that I'd done it but in 15 minutes slower then I'd done it, Um, at which point, when he heard the time, he discharged me, (laughs) and uh, I never had to go back and see him again. So yeah, so from there um, came Fan Dance Day, Uh, travelled down to Brecon Beacons, my wife came down with me, um, and I started off vastly underestimated the fan dance, as I've alluded to before, Um, it was a hard day in the hills. I'd convinced myself that once I got to the bottom of Jacob's Ladder, and I'd gone to that Roman road that I was on a flat road, uh, and then you thought to myself, once I get to the turnaround point, I've got another flat road all the way back to the bottom of Jacob's Ladder, and then it's just that climbing and done. Obviously, I realized when I turned around that it certainly wasn't flat, uh, and I had a long uphill struggle to get, but I completed it that day, uh, and from then on, you know, I knew that you know there was nothing that I couldn't achieve if I just set my mind to it. Now when I look back to the illness um, that I had, that at the time seemed like the worst possible thing that could ever happen to me. It was probably the best. It changed my outlook on life in so many ways. It made me um, take on the physical challenges, which um, which just improve your mental state uh, and make you realise the things that you can achieve in other areas of life. I was in a job at the time that I didn't particularly enjoy, with people that I didn't particularly like, um, and from there I knew that I could um, basically get any job I wanted, do any work I wanted, and from there ended up in the job that I'm in now, which I love, um, with people that I really really like, people who are I've got the same sort of mindset as me so yeah so it's all about that um again I think I've mentioned it a podcast before that post-traumatic growth rather than uh PTSD so from there um I just started to set myself more and more challenges I think it was, it was a year or, or maybe 18 months later my wife had said to me what what do you want for your birthday and I was like I don't know She went out to visit somebody or go to the shop or something. Probably not go to the shop because she doesn't really do any shopping. That's my job. Uh, But she went out and she came back and I said, look, I've I've sorted my birthday present out. Um, I've booked myself a uh, a parachute jump. Um, And when I'd looked at the the website page, there was two ways I realised I could do my first parachute jump. I could do it straight to somebody else as a tandem. Or the place that I booked in, Tilstock. They actually did a one-day... Um, a static line training course, which would culminate at the end of the day with a solo jump. So I went for that. Ended up doing sort of five or six jumps after that. Really enjoyed it. Um, but again, that's something that I feel I've done now, um, and I think I probably might go back and do it one day. Um, but but who knows? I don't know. There are other challenges out there to do. So that's pretty much my story of how I got into tapping. um One thing I think that the 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 present um, situation that we're in with, with sort of COVID nineteen has got us all down as this this lockdown state, and I feel that if I'd have been in this if we'd have been in this probably four or five years ago before all this happened to me, I'd probably have gone a bit stir crazy now. But um, one thing that 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 I realised after me on this was as well as attending to. My physical fitness. You've got to attend a lot to your mental fitness as well. And for me, that's just um, constantly gaining knowledge, uh, and the knowledge that I've gained has, has changed a lot in my life. In that, you know, I don't, um, I don't, I don't eat meat. I try to avoid dairy. Um, I'm not a saint. You know what I mean? If if I go out and all they've got is normal milk, that that's all I'm going to have. I, I don't touch meat at all, uh, and I believe for me that that certainly keeps me healthy. So it's it's just it's a um, an ethical choice and, and a health choice for me as well and i think the more sort of reading and things i've done about that um enables me to to, to keep that up i've had a bit of a a mixed uh, relationship w- with the booze through my life and when i came out of hospital um i didn't drink for about two years i actually had my first drink again um when i got to the dz off my first parachute jump um and it was the, the last jump of the day and the last jump of the day the, the, the tradition is that you you're handed a beer when you land and i think just the sheer relief of still being alive uh, and standing up because on that first parachute jump as well i completely missed the drop zone and landed on the concrete runway after uh, flaring and, and my parachute too soon as well um you know I, I had a drink then and um yeah i'm back in a in, a, in the stage now where i have realized that, that probably um drinking is probably one of the most unhealthy things you can do to your body, so I've, uh, I've, I've, I've ditched that again now after a, a, a stint back on it. So pretty much that's the story of me uh, and how I got into tabbing. And I've obviously looked for other events since then. Um, I've looked for an ultra to do, which I completed this year, um, which was the Brecon to Cardiff Ultra, and that's certainly whetted my appetite to do more of those. Um, I very much doubt I'll ever do a marathon again. marathon i did i did the the chester marathon pretty soon after i did the manchester marathon as well um but that just confirmed to me that that marathon distances for me just are not fun um whereas the ultra marathon i did earlier this year during storm kira was probably the most fun i've had with my clothes on uh, for a long time i really really enjoyed that it's a completely different discipline a completely different style of fitness and if anybody is thinking of doing an Ultra and is not sure they can do it, um, you can. And it's just about going slower um, and, and really being sensible about your rest and getting out there and do it. So if I think about my training for the Ultra that I've just completed this year, because I know a lot of people have also asked me about that, I only really started training for that last November and the Ultra was in February. Um, obviously, I had a good standard of fitness anyway. Um, but I started training in November I followed a pretty rigid training plan on that and I realised that the rest days are really important on that and the other thing that's really important is to do back to back long runs you've got to get used to running on tired legs um, because the whole ethos around an ultra is just getting comfortable with being uncomfortable and I think that's something that the fan dance and the, the Test March series has certainly set me up for is... Being comfortable with 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 being uncomfortable, and uh, getting out there on those tired legs and and just running. So your back-to-back long runs are certainly the things that you uh, that you need to be doing um, if you're thinking about doing an ultra. So um, I could probably ramble on for ages and ages, but that's probably nearly half an hour of me uh, talking about me. Um, I'm going to be recording another podcast um, tomorrow. I'm really excited to get that out, so it'll be out pretty soon after this. Um, if you've got any questions for me about anything at all, if you're just getting into the tabbing world, if you're just getting into sort of doing ultras or what have you, and you just want to ask me, I'm no expert, but I can certainly tell you what what my experiences are, uh, and I can maybe put you in a direction or somebody else who's got a little bit more knowledge. Thank you for listening. Thank you for watching. I don't know, I'll see you on the next podcast. Always we'll a that further. We stand together, united as one. Forward on we go, facing friend and foe. We will know what that is. We have not time for that. If we make mistakes, we are lost.